What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today with me on the show, I've got one of my best friends ever, Andrew Allen. What's up, brother? What up, dude? Um, remember last time when I was on, I was kind of shitting on Toledo and get ready for more of that because I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry if you're going to hear maybe my dogs are barking because people are already spitting off fucking fireworks and it's been going on since the last two weeks mm -hmm. and so it's been fourth of july all june pretty much <laughs> dude, that's terrible do they have like do they have good fireworks out there in toledo because you know where we're from the the best fireworks are in washington oregon's got just lame ass standard bullshit down here you know you know what 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 kind of firepower are we dealing with you know, dude, I actually make that fucking lame joke. I don't know if it's gunshots or fireworks, but um, I don't really know, like, for the whole city because I didn't see the show last year because everything was locked down due to COVID, you know? But uh, this year, it's just a lot of, like, the firecrackers and bottle rockets mm -hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's just what it is here. I actually do for fun is uh, I just will randomly Google Toledo News, you know, just to see what the fuck's going on. And, uh, dude, the park what, what, that... What, what's been in the news? The park that I live next to, like, the park that is right next to my house, like, four blocks, there's a body found mm -hmm. this morning. He had to get shot in the head. Like, this is, like, the, this is like the safe park that I go to. That I'm like, oh, this park is, you know, okay. So, yeah, found a dead body there yesterday. That That's disturbing. I don't. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's it's a very interesting thing that you bring up. Like you, you're coming from the Pacific Northwest, and you've moved to Toledo, and that's not really in my wheelhouse. So it's fascinating to me to see and for you to live it. Um, the different experiences that people that are from around that area have been dealing with their entire lives. Like I can't imagine living in a in a place where um i am don't feel safe that's, that's very strange to me um i don't know man it's not good it's not good and you're there for two more years hey we're down to 23 months my friend <laughs> 23 months um dude how are you doing post 75 hard dude doing well i'm still um still living the the on the path uh I haven't really weighed myself since the 75 hard, but I know I just how my clothes fit. I've been fitting real well. And since the summer's hit, I've been active, more active. I've been getting probably close to fifteen to 17,000 steps a day, being real active, hitting workout in the mornings. I got my schedule set up, so I hit the workouts in the morning. I wake up around 6.30 at the gym by 7, killing it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm feeling good, man. Like, I... I think I posted about it, but one of my coaches asked me if I wanted to do the 75 hard July 1st, and I just laughed. And I was like, nope, <laughs> no. <laughs> I just said, no. Um, I I know we had our struggles during the wintertime, and it was so hard how cold it was, but I would have failed miserably this summertime because there's just too many beers to be drank. And not that I'm even drinking all the time. I'll probably go get a six-pack on Friday or something like that, or maybe have a beer if we go out with a friend, but... It's not too much, but I just know that the hot weather, the food, the you know, the booze. I, it would be too many temptations. I just, I think personally, summer would be way harder to do on that aspect. I so that's this is a I'm going to say two things to that, um, and the first is I think that the winter is. I think as far as turning down social commitments and, and whatnot, um, the winter is definitely a lot easier because there's not as much going on. But as far as the length of time, I've found that I, you feel like I have less hours in the day in the wintertime because of a light difference, right? And it's easier to get that outdoor workout in in the summertime because you can just go on a long ass walk and not freeze and be in a, you know, tank top and, sh and, and shorts and just be feeling great about the world. Whereas in winter, it's terrible. Even if you want to go on a walk, it's just, it's terrible. 
Um, and then the other thing I want to say is, is the newest thing that I've found on this journey of becoming fit is just because, and when I drink, generally I end up getting pretty drunk. Um, but just because you're hung over the next day doesn't mean that you can just lounge around. And so one of the things I've been doing is if I uh, have a hard night out, um, I force myself to go to the gym and repent for the sins of yesterday. It doesn't matter how bad I'm feeling. I'm going to go. Does um, that work another out, trick do, you, that do you normally do, do that? Because I've said that to myself, too. Like, you know what? I'm going to wake up. And just you know, fight that hangover. And then when I wake I've, up, I'm like, "Fuck that, <laughs> dude!" I, I've I've done it. I've done it every time. It's been a really? habit. I've 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 cultivated a habit of doing this because, and the reason I do it is I feel so much better. My hangover goes away after I'm done working out. So this this last past weekend, I ended up going to. Um, I had a great day in Portland, ended up going to like a rooftop bar, went to a concert, went to the screen door, got some chicken and waffles, like life was good. And then I had uh, some company over at my house, had a barbecue, and I tied one on. And uh, I woke up, bad hangover, had a lot of too much wine. And I, I was like, all right, I'm going to the gym. That was the first thing I did is I went to the gym. What time did you wake I was up? Like, I woke up at like 9 30, 10, something like that. And the first thing I did was I was like, all right, I'm going to the gym. And my this is another skill I've developed recently is is I trick my ego. I say, hey, I had to also had a girl, my girlfriend went with me, but like I said, I'm just gonna do the stair stepper. Like, I'm just going to do something super easy. I put on a, my sauna vest, right, to sweat all the toxins out, put a hoodie on, sweat. I did a stair step for, stair step for 15 minutes. I'm pouring sweat. So so that's how I tricked myself. I was like, well, I, I'm, I'm here. I might as well work out. And then I did a terrible ab workout. And then I did a little bit of shoulders. And I left about an hour and a, about an hour later. I left feeling fantastic, completely recovered. And, how uh, how, um, how uh, shit did you get? Like, how drunk were you talking the night before? Oh, man. Because this, is what, I, this mm. is what I've been trying to trick myself into doing is that I've kind of did this. My beer math is adding up to I could probably get away with drinking about eight IPAs before mm. I start getting in trouble. If I can, if I can keep it with the eight or under, I can have a good night. And I can wake up feeling good. If I go over that mm-hmm. eight, I start going to nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then maybe throw some shots or a glass of wine, I'm I'm fucked. And then I'm probably going to be pretty worthless. And if I do go to the gym, it probably wouldn't be the first thing in the morning. It'd probably be an evening or a later after I kind of nurse that hangover. After I got some, you know, breakfast burritos and whatever, drank my water, showered, or something like that. So I don't think I've gotten that willpower like you have just to get up and go. I'm, I have to like you got to go. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's... I look. I, I I look at it as the gym is my salvation. The church of the chubby, right? That's what this is, yeah. right? It's it's my salvation. It's I'm going to feel better after, it. and my headache goes away. I feel really good about myself. I don't feel as bad about the poison that I put my body through yesterday. I feel good, um, and I think. I did strike a deal with the lady. Uh, we're going, we're born a plane to North Carolina tomorrow to go visit my parents. Um, we're going to spend some time in North Carolina and then we're going to drive to where they live in Tennessee. So nice little, like, kind of mini road trip around the South, going to Virginia. What, what made you guys to decide to go to North Carolina and then drive instead of just flying to Tennessee? Oh, I'm, I'm never. I'm gonna try and I'm knocking states off my list, man. I got to get to 50 states. What are so, you at right now? Ooh, let me get back to you. I'm gonna have to count. I'm gonna pull okay. up a map. I, I think that I, I'm probably right around 26 or 27. 26 or 27. Yeah. All right. I'm 26 gonna... or 27. I haven't, and that's our goal too, is to try to just knock all these states out besides florida i haven't been in the south 11, i 12. just barely drove through pennsylvania but i'm counting it because i got gas there 
and that's another thing. That's a weird thing. What are you counting to? Because like there are some kind of iffy ones where like you know we've flown in and we've had a layover there, but you haven't really gone out, explored, or did anything. And there are some that we've driven through, gotten gas, but really haven't done. No, that's My if you drive. If you are there, right. sorry. If you drive through it, that totally counts, dude. Right, right. But what about it? What about a layover? What if you have a layover somewhere? No, I can't count that. One, two, yeah, three, think so. four, six, seven, nope, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. And another thing too about that is I've been all up and down the West Coast. Like the West Coast is all chalked up, but that's the South. The South is the the one I haven't got to. And then I'm always kind of internal. Do I want to do a road trip to the South? What if I start getting <laughs> no. like, low on gas at some butt fuck place in Mississippi? Being a being a black <laughs> man with a white woman with two Pomeranians. <laughs> that's not gonna that's not gonna bode well for you so wait i gotta say uh 19 states so far and after this trip it'll be i think 22 or 23 so i've got a ways to go um that dude that's that's um that's that's crazy like i don't i don't know i feel i feel i mean i feel like we've gotten we've come so far with race relations and uh having safe places to live and to travel but definitely if you're in if i was in a place in mississippi probably not tupelo or uh, any of the like cities i think you're fine but if you're in a rural area i think i might get a little sketched out as well yeah but you know what i have to go because when i realized when i was just in florida i realized the food is just on a whole another level down the south. And I'm not even without question the, the Florida food, but like I'm saying, man, that you, you can just tell the food down there is on a whole another level. It's it's that's it, without question. I mean, th- that's the one of the that's my biggest gripe about the PNW. Like we have great food, we have great food up here but we don't have a cuisine like if you look you have southern cooking you have a completely you have a, a complete culinary experience but as demarco's chime he's a roasted that that's boring as shit man that's not i mean i'm not <laughs> i don't know roasted salmon i I'm, I'm gonna have to disagree what do you demarco hold on come on in you, you really think roasted salmon I mean, it's probably it's like food-wise, it's the principal export of the Northwest. You know, most of the salmon you buy, they either you either get Atlantic salmon that tastes like crap, or you get Pacific salmon from the Pacific Coast or Alaska. So sockeye salmon, yeah, yeah. And people, people from Ohio, they always ask about salmon. Do you want Ohio's famous for this? This is how you tell it. Skyline chili. Yeah, fucking chili. It's garbage. It's fucking terrible too. They're like, oh, you've been to Tony Paco's for a fucking chili dog? I'm like, that's what you like? They're like, oh, yeah. And then if you go down to Cincinnati, they'll fucking feed you spaghetti, and they'll put chili on top of that, and they think it's fucking delicious. And I'm like, you, God, what? It's disgusting. It's awful. It's it's an affront to chili. Anything other than Texas or New Mexican chili is not chili, in, in my opinion. I agree. I, I, I am just like, this is what you guys do. You eat chili. Like, Chili dogs? I, th- I eat chili dogs as a joke. Like when I'm a broke college kid. You're like, oh, I am so broke. I got chili dogs for dinner tonight, you know? <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, the Northwest is salmon, like roasted salmon or some sort of salmon dish is what I would say. Maybe something elk, but that's not really, like, specific because I feel like having lived here now, I've been here for seven years, it feels like all of the food dishes here are all just, like, kind of, like, shitty southern food you know since there there is there was such a southern dysphoria here for a long time yeah i mean the state was founded and, by former and, confederate and i would officers, agree so. with that but but portland doesn't have that thing you know like you know philly has philly cheesesteak right yeah you, you go down to like you know atlanta and you got the lemon pepper wings the magic city and you got these places yeah new mexico they're new mexico southwest kind yeah, of texas thing. has got brisket and barbecue and everything yeah, yeah. You know. No, yeah, there's nothing like salmon that and like roasted salmon honestly is is stretching. That's the most I can think of, honestly.
That's that's and that's what I was trying to say. Is it's just not the same thing. We don't have any cool shit. Um, but I mean, the Midwest really doesn't have. I mean, Chicago has pizza. Um, so you got pizza in Chicago, deep dish. You've got. I mean, I guess you they could claim about a lot of like Italian cuisine. There's a strong Italian community in Chicago, and um, Minnesota's got the juicy Lucy. And also, now that we're talking shits on states, I mean, I'm gonna say this right now. This is a hot take. Minnesota has the rudest people in the nation, hands down. Oh, yeah. Minnesota what, what, what? nice is hands a fuck. It's a is that a th- is that a thing? It's yeah. a. F- Dude, Minnesota nice is a fucking myth, hundred percent. Now, I'm not saying all Minnesotans. I, I have not heard. I have never been to Minnesota, so I can't speak. Hold on, and this is all just from personal experience. But when I was there, uh, my friend and I started a game because uh, I would always ask, like, "What's the best thing to eat here?" You know, I'm not from around here. If you say you're not. Not from around a place. Generally, the next question that anyone would ask you is, everyone in Minneapolis did not fucking ask where I was from. And I was like, that's insane. I've talked to several people that feel the same way. So Minnesota nice, biggest myth. Andrew, what do you got to say on that? If were here, she would be right there with you because she lived there for a whole month. And she fucking hated it so bad. She actually took Minneapolis and Minnesota off her like list and didn't even rank it high. Like That's one place where she didn't want to live. And we're in fucking Toledo. So I can't tell you how much you hated Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) And rip to our uh, recent former guests from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for folks that don't know, but I mean, yeah, I have a buddy in Minnesota. I've got several people that I I do enjoy out in Minnesota. But um, for folks that are just now tuning in um, and haven't listened to the previous episodes with my dear friend Andrew, his wife is uh, a a resident. She's going to be a doctor, and that's what he's talking about. So, um, man. I think, listen, the Midwest has its charm, and I'm glad I'm here and I want to go see everything i want to go to pittsburgh i've heard that's awesome and uh you know indianapolis and all these places i got going to see it i'm excited to but man there is this something different i don't maybe it's just home but the northwest like the seattle the emerald city like everything is just so pretty to look at i think you know there we value the nature here more in the city like if you think of like say seattle or portland the first thing you do is like oh you got to go to the to the mountain or go to the go to the water it's like the nature and city is kind of entwined or here in the midwest the city is just the city and that's just kind of mm-hmm. like this is what you get kind of i'm kind of yeah that's true i think are you still there i think you may have muted yourself sorry true you can hear me yeah i can't hear you um so so yeah, I agree. But also for folks listening, um, the Pacific Northwest, the wildfires destroyed all the forests. Um, the cities are terrible, so don't come here. Um, <laughs> I hear there's there's other there's other. I hear Alaska is beautiful this time of year. California now has more people moving out of it than coming to. So. I think the home housing prices are going to drop in California, so you might colonize California, even though even though they're the great colonizers of America. There's no, there's nothing left in in Oregon and Washington. It's it's a vast wasteland now. So, just I want to throw that out there. Andrew, stay out, stay away. Don't come, don't come back. Not the same place. I don't know if we're gonna come back in a while. We're gonna come back, but it might be some years, man. I made yeah. a list the other day of places that like, we might live in. I don't think Portland was even top 10. Well, well, can you mind sharing the list? I'm curious. You know, it was uh, in no particular order, really, after I just said Portland was top 10. But I'm saying that <laughs> we're just trying to get back to the West Coast. And we want to go somewhere that it's like about a two-hour plane ride back home. And somewhere like that's sunny and hot. So we're thinking like the desert. And uh, I know... She really wanted to go to Tucson because they had mm-hmm. a medical school there and she applied for and read for med school but didn't get into it. That wasn't accepted. And I think that'd be a cool little 
serendipitous swan song for her to go back there and work there as a doctor. So we had Tucson, I think so we too. had we had Vegas, we had you know Southern California, Palm Springs, uh, Denver was back on there, Phoenix, Austin, you know, obviously Portland, Seattle were on there, uh, Bend. Yeah, just try and get back to the west side a little bit. Yeah, man, that's something I would. uh, That's something I would miss. Is is the west coast? I kind of would like to check the east coast out, though. Like, I'm kind of not opposed to moving um, other places, and um, I've talked about moving to New Mexico. So Rick's mind might be out of New Mexico in the next year or so. Just I just want to I I want to get out of of Oregon just because I've lived here all my life and I, I need to be around a different culture, a different like just to grow would as a Would you train with John Jones? Yes, that would be part of the. I would probably join That'd the be... Winkle John, Mike Winkle John MMA. Absolutely, I'd want to be around all those fucking killers, and I would hope. Hopefully, I could meet Clarissa <laughs> Shields as well. Yeah, yeah. I I'm so impressed. For folks that don't know, tomorrow I'll put this in the Clarissa Shield. It has a chance to be the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Uh, she is a, I think, two time. Olympic gold medalist winner. Um, she's a multi-division boxing champ, and she just recently made the transition from boxing to MMA for the PFL, the Professional Fight uh, League. Uh, and I'm just so excited to watch this because generally in mixed martial arts you see people transition from mma into boxing but you very rarely see a boxer go the other way and it's just it's amazing i'm i couldn't be i don't even know why i'm going to say proud i don't know her but i couldn't be more proud of her she's she's so fucking brave it's amazing it's my tirade do you think um Um, the the travel bug is going to hit everybody this next year in 2020 and 21 and 22 do you think everyone's just getting out because like do you think before before covid do you think you would have still wanted just to hit the north carolina and then travel i think everyone has a a, a desire to get out more and travel more. i i think that's going to happen i have i have something to add because um <clears throat> over the last week i got married last week and so we had people traveling in and out oh congratulations um, thank you yeah i'm not trying to yeah. you know i'm not fishing for compliments but uh I, uh, my friend flew in from Indiana <laughs> and he was here and the whole time he flew American out here and like he had a plane delayed because there weren't enough, there wasn't enough, um, crew to man the plane. So they had to delay the plane the first time flying from Phoenix to here and then flying home. He actually missed his flights cause he, he was flying out of Eugene and the Eugene mm. airport is automated uh, at a certain point, he was flying out at 6 a.m., so I think it's before, like, 9 a.m. It's just all automated, and he went to check in, and it just told him to check the check with the desk, and there was no one there, and TSA wouldn't help him and wouldn't let him talk to somebody at the gate. So he had to miss it and get a refund and flew out yesterday, but American has canceled on Saturday afternoon when I read about it. They had canceled something like 500 flights between Wednesday of last week and then just... Um, this past Sunday because of lack of uh, pilots. They're running into um, regulation uh, trouble now, pushing pilots well past their um, overtime limits and they're, they're out of staff to, so they're having to cancel flights because they don't have the people to fly the planes right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you. Wait, are you saying yeah, American airlines? Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's. If, I know that like most most of the airlines are having trouble like that, but Americans is having like a re- Americans having a ridiculous amount just because it feels like there's a massive disconnect between reality and politics in terms of like what's ready to be open. It's like the virus is starting to slow down, but the economy isn't ready to go back full force. It's going to take a minute for it to kind of spool up. And this is a result you're seeing of it. It's probably going to make air travel this summer, just a fucking disaster. It was, I was in Orlando and we were flying Southwest and Southwest is always awesome. And we got delayed. Um, I think ours was kind of for um, rains, but you could just see the airport was just packed. People were everywhere. Um, 
all kinds of flights were delayed too as well you saw on there which is you know normal but i just i it felt different it felt like before people were just kind of like kind of just going through the motion airport like they didn't really like really you know take they kind of took it for granted and now i think everyone's just so excited to be gone and traveling and everything and we're trying to get back to oregon and plane ticket prices are ridiculous right now oh you want to know what else is ridiculous too if we're talking price gouging um i mean i don't know if you call it price it's just making money right rental cars i got so lucky um part of my background of being a broker is i have a really distinct sense of when i'm getting screwed and it was going to be $400 to rent a car for like five days. And um, I was like, man, that just seems extra high. Uh, I Luckily, I had a discount code with through my work, and it was only like 250 So I, I was saved like say, 250 bucks. One of my guests rented a car, and he ended up paying about $400 uh, for a four-day rental. And he ended up renting it mm-hmm. out of Corvallis instead of flying into Portland and renting it there in Eugene because the prices were double there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So there's, I mean, but I mean, you got to, you got to also understand, I mean, from these businesses perspective, especially in the uh, travel, anything related to travel, renting cars, planes, mm-hmm. like they got fucking boned during COVID. And they're like, we need to make money now. So everything's going to be, you're going to pay a premium for everything. Hotels aren't super bad though, to be honest with you. Hotel prices are not terrible from, they're just not bad. Uh, But I think people are going back to Airbnb because listen, have you guys not, have you guys noticed that the prices of Airbnb are, it's not cheap anymore. It used to be like the cheapest shit ever. And also Uber and Lyft, you know, that's, that's not cheap anymore That's because Uber has to follow the law and actually pay their employees a decent wage. And then Airbnb is fucked because all of the uh, all the states are passing ordinances and city ordinances and state laws that Airbnb counts as hotel tax and they have to charge hotel tax. Yeah. Oh, damn. Hey, this is the world we're living in, man. And do you know what else is going to be real crazy is that the national parks and state parks are not going to have enough people. Everyone wants to go out and see them, and they're already preparing they're going to get over just molly walked with people and there's not enough parking and yeah, people working to, you know, take out all the trash and whatnot. So like, I'm just real curious to see the next year or two to see what, you know, yeah, it's going to look like for travel and vacation, stuff like that. Cause everything you said, Uber hotels, everything, it's all going to be packed. Everyone, everyone's, they're tired of being in their house and they're going to be out. It's I'm real curious to see what that's going to be like. Yeah, today's hot stock, uh, Rick's mind, hot, hot stock pick, buy freaking hotel stocks right now, because they're about to go up. I can feel it. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, the this is not investment. financial advice. You are not this a financial is, advisor. This is 100% let's not end, let's not, financial advice. Let's not end the future oh. of the show before it even begins. <laughs> what, what should I listen, buy, Rick? Tell me. Let me tell you what you're going to do, Andrew. You sitting down, buddy? All right. You're yeah, going to take, take out a loan. You're going to remortgage yes. your house. You're going to do whatever yes. you fucking can to get some cold, hard cash. All right. Sell your car. Empty your kids' college savings. It doesn't matter. And you're going to buy hotel stocks. All right. Second, in the second hot investment uh, opportunity, you can also buy prison. You can also buy prison stocks. Oh, I think God. we looked one up. We're not last. doing prison stocks buy- again. No, but you, you buy yourself some prison stocks because that is a very safe investment. All right. I'm always going to be prison. Dude, exactly. Um, so American racism two hot- will always exist. There will, need, there will be your, a need the, for prisons. The, those are your two hot stock picks, dude. It's brilliant. So that's what you're going to do. Do it. I don't care. Like, this is free financial advice, and it's probably the most sound advice you're going to get all day. Empty out. Close your Fidelity account. You don't need a financial advisor. You got me. All right? I, Buy Doge now. I Buy see, crypto. I, Buy- <laughs> I think it's a good idea. I'm not mad. Dude, I think it's brilliant. Dump dump your assets for capital. Like you need I mean get rid of your capital. You need hard assets because there's a depression coming. Yeah. 
We're not going to do a bummer cast right now. Oh, this isn't a bummer cast. This is just a frank (laughs) acknowledgement of reality. Uh, Also, I do want to say this now that we've switched gears and now have moved towards the... the more down thing. What are the probability? What do you think the probability is that we are in a large scale conflict with China in the next 10 years? Uh, give me, I want to, oh. I want a percentage uh, between a hundred percent. I want uh, one scale, one to a hundred percent. Let's go. Andrew, you're first. 100%. I've oh. been, I've been kind of watching videos about China. People understand how, big they are how many people they have they have so many fucking people they could just send people to america for fucking every day by boats every day hundred thousand people and that would be they could do that for years it doesn't matter they can just come out here and when they could just you know just knock us off even and then not about their technology or then they what if they just cut us off from you know global economies like everything is made from china like it's fucking terrifying so why wouldn't they why wouldn't they so that's there's a lot to unpack there. You're, yes, you're, you're saying they have a large, a large, a larger, much larger population than we do. You're saying that they uh, are they own most of our debt, and you're also saying that uh, with the techno technological piece, I'm assuming you're referring to the fact that they've stole most of our intellectual property and have. Uh, well, I'm talking about like the microchip processing storage, yes. storages, right? Like. They're trying to make their own companies and do their own thing, and America is trying for them not to. Because if they start doing it, and we rely on them for all of our fucking processors. If Intel goes hits up and all that shit, and it's just them doing it, we are fucked. Okay, uh, so you're you're at a hundred percent, Demarco. Um, I think you said what five to ten years. Yeah, and and yeah, five to ten years. I think within five to ten years, I'm going to go eighty percent. Because I think there's a 20% chance that if by the end of the next decade, China's population continues, their their birth rate continues to decline, that they're going to have to reassess their plan because their whole thing was, I forget the name of the prime minister who was before, uh, uh, was it Hu Jintao that was before Xi Jinping? Yeah, Xi Jinping is who's now, I think it was Hu Jintao or perhaps the one before that was the whole plan was to get the West addicted to $4 t-shirts and electronics. And they've got that. And like you brought up, not even just their population is an advantage. The physical size of their country is as the same as the United States. It's never projected very well on a map. It's the same size as the United States and not just like the manufacturing sector of microprocessors. Uh, it's the, about the rare earth elements that are used in all electronics. They have the largest sources of gold, palladium, gera- uh, geranium, galenium, all these, all the precious metals and rare metals that are in everything that has a circuit board in it. Uh, like the entire modern world is addicted to China. So if nothing changes, I think, t- I think if they, if their birth rate doesn't decline severely in the next 10 years, I, I could see five to 10 years that they invade they invade Taiwan. I think the United States does nothing, just like they did with Hong Kong. And from there, I think China, if the birth rate doesn't go down, then I think they get emboldened and they start going. They might go for Mongolia. They might go for North Korea. Like, who knows? And Yeah, and people don't realize how big their cities are. To piggyback yeah. off you on that, like, they have mega cities. Like, the top 10 cities in China have over 10 million people yeah. some of them i want to fact check that but it's pretty close and like there's uh, americans even have states that have you know half those numbers like the top 12 cities in china are all like 29 million 18 12 13 million whatever and those are yeah, we've never even heard of like a city like wuhan we've never even heard of them until the year in 2019 yeah. or like or like Guangzhou or tianjin yeah Wuh- yeah they have multiple cities like that that are huge mega cities that are way nicer than anything we have here in America. Way nicer than New York. Way nicer than... They've been actively trying to get people to migrate west uh, to start building cities because there's all those cities like in the... I don't remember the name of the province that borders Mongolia. Um, 
they there's like a handful of cities that they've built from the ground up with no one living in them and like it's a city built for like you know a hundred thousand two three four hundred thousand people population and no one lives there only like five thousand people live there but you have these all these skyscrapers and everything built and are just empty waiting for people to move you know Mm. it's I'm trying to see if I can find the China Mongolia border right now. What province yeah. that is? Um, oh no, this isn't. I'll I'll find it. You oh, go, you guys carry uh, on. I'll jump in. So what? What so, I'm. So what I'm, the story is Rick is that you get your get your traveling done first in America before China comes in the next ten years. Go <laughs> to the not... fifty states because. Oh, Inner Mongolia is what it's called. Yeah. The, so yeah, I saw that. I didn't think it looked right, but um. So I will say this: it does. It appears to me that the West that we are starting to ramp up a lot of military ox operations. The, the the UK just deployed, um, I think the Queen Elizabeth uh, aircraft carrier uh, and a carrier group to the South China Sea. On that ship, we have F-35s that are now flying the first combat missions since World War II. They're gearing up for... This is, is going to be a large-scale war. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, this is the first time that American pilots are flying combat missions off of, uh, of the United Kingdom's aircraft carriers since World War II. So this is, this is a pretty big step. Um, if you look at the Japanese uh, return to, they have the the Japan Defense Force, the National Defense Force of Japan, because they're not allowed to have uh, an army because of uh, the the uh, that treaty need, that, that was needs signed to change. This we need to that well, needs no, to be modernized. No, 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 that that is it is being no, no, no. It already is being modernized. They, the Japan has, I think, two. I'm doing a quotation like bunny ears. <laughs> Helicopter carriers, they're fucking aircraft carriers. It would take they could modernize those to carry planes in 15 minutes. Um, we're doing large scale. Um, uh, we are bolstering our position in the South China Sea, and we have to because that's a big. Uh, tr that's for commerce. We have to control that. That's that's the that's thing. Fucking, so the you thing just is, follow the dollars. well, the thing is, if you follow the dollars, like China's whole plan, like the whole plan of Mao and the Maoists was to reach a post-growth society by, I think they said 2050 or 2075, and mm -hmm. they're if if they keep up their birth rate, they're marching, you know, straight into you know luxury space communism, you know, and if if their birth rate falls they're going to get desperate because they're going to recognize that their position is threatened because if they can't keep up the rate of manufacturing that they have now then they're screwed but at the same time they hold all the power i don't i don't see a scenario where if we get into an open conflict with china that we win in any circumstance and not because of our lack of military expertise or prowess or the size of our military or how they're equipped but for the sheer fact that china can close its borders on the drop of a hat and say you know what no more foreign manufacturing we're making stuff for ourselves and and, and the world is done like it, it would that no, would take decades to recover from that's that's not i don't you think you're wrong there because we're there's been large investment we've already strengthened our foreign ties with india and we also have moved a lot of manufacturing into South America. Right, but you have and, to think of uh, you have to think of the Indian economic effects. The you have to think of the no, economic effects, not necessarily just that like suddenly there's a lack of supply chain, but suddenly the supply chain will adjust because there are factories all over the world that can do these things, and in the United States that could probably take care of most of what we get from China, except for the more uh, specialized electronic things that we just don't have the infrastructure th for. But the price of everything is going to go through the through the stratosphere overnight because you 100%. will no longer be able to get you know four dollar t shirts. You're going to have to pay like an actual market cost because people aren't going to be paying for slave labor. A hundred percent. I think that we could do it. 
I think though um, it would if I don't at know. first if we weren't are I mean at this rate we're going to be in a full on depression cycle here in the, within the next five years if not sooner that would throw us into a great depression level event just overnight. Hey, hey Rick, I really love how you said let's not do a bummer cast and then proceeded. Hey, did you know that there's going to be a world war in 20 years? Yeah. No, 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 no. This isn't, this no, isn't a bummer cast. Bummer cast. Hey, China's going to take over, and we're going to go. No, no, no. I do not think... First off, we better hope, we better F and hope that there's not a large-scale conflict, because we can't have one. We can't have one. We have nuclear weapons. It just can't. It, and there is no scenario in which that ends well for anybody. So we can't do it. But I think we'll fight it in another way. I think we're fighting it, um, you know, on the through the internet or you know. Well, so here's a secure. thought. Here's a thought. The and so one of the guests at my wedding is a, a former Air Force intelligence person, and he has a background in. Uh, policy to do with bioweapons and disaster preparedness scenarios. Mm -hmm. And he's a pretty smart dude, and I trust his opinion because he was involved in, like, high-level intelligence things up until about, yeah. like, maybe five years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, and I and I and my, my dad actually was the one. He asked him, you know, what's the doomsday scenario? Is it going to... What is it going to be? And so what he thinks is... It's not going to be a nuclear weapons because everybody's figured out that's a zero-sum game. If there's a nuclear yeah. weapons attack, it's going to be a rogue state or a rogue organization, and it's likely going to be something that's going to be a low-level dirty bomb that's going to spread radiation rather than destruction, like, yeah. like yeah. bomb bomb. Okay. What he thinks is is a bioengineered vaccine and antibiotic resistant smallpox strain that can be engineered with basic understanding of CRISPR gene therapy and about a hundred thousand dollars worth of lab equipment. And you can get samples of smallpox basically anywhere on the internet for very cheap with no kind of I re regulation. So I read carry, about the weapon. I, I read about that. Yeah. So to carry on with where I'm going, it's looking more and more likely that COVID-19 is actually genetically engineered. They've, They've sequenced that, though, right? Well, yes. we they it wasn't confirmed. Now they're fine. Now they're thinking it is from. There's something to do with that Wuhan lab, and the United States directly funded it. So, if anything, the the thing that's giving it away is that they found DNA and uh, DNA receptors from HIV in the code in the D, the genetic code of COVID-19, which is impossible. They are there's no way that could be there without human intervention. So whatever COVID is, it was either a, a like a shitty unfinished or like a finished bioweapon or something that was like a test for something. Because that's I mean, that's totally tinfoil hat, but it's looking like that to me, at least. Shout out to Brett Weinstein, who ra railed against everyone and said, no, this this came from a lab. I believed him because he's far smarter than me. But um, listen, I'm sorry that we went down to Bummersville. I'm sorry. It always ends there, I it does. I love this though because you have to you have to kind of talk about it and kind of have an idea. And what I think too, even the the, the biolab dude, my power went out today. I had an outage for an hour today, and I was thinking, oh, oh fuck, this is it. Like, <laughs> and you you forget things like trying to turn the light on in your fridge. I was like, dude, I had to make a sandwich. I can't cook anything today. <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't charge my phone. My phone's dying, and then I, I couldn't watch TV or put a pot. You know, I'm. There's things that you really, really take for granted. And they had it on in about an hour, hour and a half. What in Texas, they've been rationing power because they're, you know, they're yeah. wholly independent ticks and power grid can't actually function on a modern level. So they're having to ration power. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So could you imagine not having, what if something happened where, you know, we don't have power for three months? I got We're this. Done. You mean uh, no? Don't don't. Do, I have this. You mean like, what if a solar flare pops up from the sun, which could yeah. happen, or yep. what if someone detonated an EMP, EMP and took out the grid? An EMP. Thank you. Yep. Uh, that's that's, what, that's what scares the shit out of me. Yeah, we couldn't stop a solar flare, man. No, we couldn't, we stop, couldn't stop an EMP either. Not everything <laughs> is shielded. <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, man. I mean, shout out to the preppers, man, that are, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that are getting ready. There's a lot of logic <laughs> in what those crazy shout fuckers out to do. The preppers. 
Well, have you I, watched? I have you watched Doomsday Preppers? Five. Have you watched Doomsday Preppers though? Like, uh, of course. There's like it for every like ten episodes. There's like two guys that are just like, uh, we're preparing for uh, destabilization of society and global warming to end, you know, or just to make food scarce. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. That's a good prep. And then it's just like, uh, we're preparing for the uh, new world order to take over and the Jews to become the presidents. And it's like, it's <laughs> a little much. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, no, but that, was... that's the real thing in my mind. That's like, well, I want to go back to the West, man. Like you said, like, where we live, I want to live close because I was thinking, like, say shit happens, I can't get home. Like, I can't fly home. I couldn't get gas to drive home to be close to family. So, like, say something crazy happens and I'm in Ohio, I'm never seeing my family again. No, dude, you're done. It'll be like, it'll be like Mad Max trying to get from Ohio to Oregon in a car or a vehicle. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that because, man, once, once, once the bo- once the cork is out of the bottle, man, in our society with how crazy we are, it is gonna. It is. You, you would have to think about it this way: human beings would be that. That's what you would fear the most because you can't predict them, and you don't know like the, the looting, robbing, you know, all murder, all that. Sh- people would want to take your shit, and the li- the the value of life in a society in which. The society has collapsed. Life is cheap. It's worth nothing. No one cares. You know, it's mm-hmm. it'd be it would be crazy. I I for one would not want to uh, go through that. I don't think anybody would. I was gonna um, say. So. I think like you know, as much as China is a threat to say world stability, um, I think the biggest threat. I don't think like I mean I think we need to worry about China because they're a threat. But I think in reality we're china's not going to even have to bother with us we're going to destroy ourselves like the way things the way things are going and and just you know people have always disagreed and shit has always gone on but like in the last 10 years it's accelerated to an extreme degree in terms of like we're going through like we're kind of rolling into where everyone was in the early 1900s right before uh you know archduke ferdinand was assassinated and world war world war one in the modern world kicked off like i think we're going to end up in something either it's going to be a class war or a race war that's a manipulation to prevent people from having no. a class war no i don't think that that's going to happen i actually think that the i think it would be i think that it would probably be a large scale industrial war between the west and china and i think that a lot of things would change. I think that any sort of the propaganda that would, I mean, I don't want, I, God forbid any of this happen, but I don't think domestically we would turn on each other. And I, and I've, 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 I've done, I've put some thought into how you would sell this. Come to, to Toledo. Huh? Come to Toledo. <laughs> I'm going to fly out there, brother. I'll see you soon. Um, <laughs> But I put a lot into how the public would would sell that you would you would the the United States would 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 acknowledge that there's a mass genocide going on, which there has been for like ten years with the Uyghur Muslims, um, and we would say we cannot let this tragedy happen again. That's how you get the that's how you get everyone. On but board. also, I think you need to think you, like you're thinking along the lines of thinking like the narrative of World War Two was like you know good guys bad guys, and this is another scenario. The reality of World War II was that the Russians did most of the heavy lifting in Europe. We strolled into France, rolled through France, and like walked into the eagle's nest after the Russians had liberated all of the internment camps. And the entire war in the wet or in the East or in Asia was solely because of positioning like land value. So it's like, what is going to be like I don't, I don't see the United States going on an altruistic war against China for the Uyghurs. The United States oh, doesn't, no, no, as no, a no, government, no, 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 no. doesn't give a shit about I'm, the Uyghurs. What's going to be? What's the motive? Like, what's the incentive to go to war with China if, unless, oh. unless an un, unless unprovoked attack and we're defending ourselves, every other war that we've gotten involved in in the past forty-five to fifty years has all been predicated by there's some sort of financial or political gain involved. Dude, you just said it. It would be easy. You are going after the cheap labor and the minerals. Once you once you alleviate the government, you put in a puppet government, and then but what they makes ship you, what every- makes you genuinely think that our military could take China's, considering that we're so stretched thin 
being occupying the entirety of the Middle East and have been for nearly we're, twenty years. We're not. We're not. We're not stretched thin. We are we literally though. look at look, look at the, look at the number of troops that are position that are holding Iraq and Afghanistan. Pull that number up. It's not. It's not like one hundred and fifty thousand. Like 10, 10, 15,000. Hey, people. Rick, would you join the war? Would you join the war in World War Three? Dude, I'm anti-war, but probably. You wouldn't do it. Oh, come uh, on. No, <laughs> I probably. You wouldn't would. do it. Absolutely. Uh, I, would not, I, Absolutely would, I would not want to do it, but I probably would. I'm. I'm. I'm easily, and I don't want this to happen. For a just disclaimer, I'm playing devil's advocate. Just being conspiratorial and having fun talking shit so for my listeners but there's not that many troops we're not overstretched dude plus I mean, you instituted draft you instituted draft we, i don't think but here's the thing here's the thing i don't think you're going to get people to to you unless you're going to forcibly arrest people i think you institute civil you instigate civil unrest by instituting and reigniting the draft because i don't i do not think outside of like you know billy bob conservative that people are just going to line up to go get shot for four dollar t-shirts time out time out what are the numbers of the of of our the two occupied states that we have. I'm trying to find it. They have the Middle East, but then they don't have like Iraq and, and uh, Afghanistan listed. I'm trying to find it. I'm I'm working on it. I'll have it in a moment. But being being stretched, then that's not that's wrong. You're incorrect there. Not even close. But I mean, I don't know. I think, dude. I don't know, man. That would be interesting. So uh, maybe and, I mean, there's just, maybe here's I'm looking looking control. for according to. According to the to the government, the official numbers say that we have twenty five hundred troops in Afghanistan, but those are only official. They've already the New York Times has an article here from the from late April this year saying that they have evidence saying that they're dis, they're not disclosing how many troops they actually truly have, and it's at least one thousand more. So I wouldn't buy the official numbers. Look, it doesn't matter. That's that's at, at, at the at the high end. Let's say I said ten thousand. Let's say right. twenty thousand people over in Iraq and Afghanistan. But that's even just by nothing. sheer manpower, not sheer manpower, China's army, air force, and navy makes us like look like you know a state militia in terms of size. Dude, they could sheer I overwhelm us. I don't. I just. We don't know their logistical capabilities. We don't know. They've never de- have they ever deployed troops. Uh, we don't know what their capabilities are. We have a very we have very seasoned troops. We have very seasoned commanders. What have they been doing? Right, but We've what are we? We're seasoned. We're seasoned in fighting guerrilla wars. This isn't a guerrilla war. This is like World War Two. This is this is yes, army versus this, army. Like this is nation versus nation. A hundred percent. We're also seasoned in that. Not anymore. The current, anymore. the current generation, the current generation hasn't fought a nation in. They haven't. I mean, the closest you could make an argument is Vietnam. That you might have some generals who were involved in Vietnam, but even then, that was a guerrilla war. The last actual like war war that we fought in was Korea, and really yes. World War Two. And and technically, could you, could we also say that? Um, could we also say that? Desert Storm in '91 was also one, but anyways, hey. Yeah, I mean, we'll there was con- there we'll wasn't really to- much of there wasn't much resistance. They rolled pretty easily from Kuwait to Baghdad and toppled. They had more resistance in the last Iraq War at the beginning of it than they did in the first. Still combat experience, bro. I just don't. I don't. Hey, I don't know. I think. I think it's have more like of war a, suits, though. A war suits. Yeah, war suits. Like, say in ten years though, what kind of what kind of technology though? Because we're trying, we're thinking of now. So yeah. we're gonna think of what's gonna happen in ten years. We're gonna have like, geez, it was, I think I just saw a guy was like riding like a a drone through New York City, you know. <laughs> and then I think, think the about, next, like, I think the next war, we're not gonna oh, know what it's gonna look like because I think right, exactly. we will not Boston have seen Dynamics. a war like this. I think it's going to seriously, I yeah. think it's going to be like fucked up shit like the Boston Dynamics police dog robots and yeah, drones. Exactly. I don't, and or like an unmanned F-35s and retrofitted, uh, you know, whatever fighter jets you want with drone control. I don't think we're going to have humans much and I think it's going to end up having a much more devastating effect than if we just duked it out trench warfare because it's going to destroy 
cities and people and civilians who are yeah. not involved in the military instead of people who are volunteering to That's go and do this. That's what I'm thinking, too. I think, the, I think our military or the army or whatever, they're going to have some crazy technology. They may have some, like, crazy bulletproof, like, you know, Halo-style suits or whatever, something crazy, you know. And then so... Well, you, your troops might not get to where. So what they're going to do? Going to have to bomb the cities or and bomb the civilians or whatever. And that's just going to be scary. It's entirely yeah, conceivable as well that the military yeah. has access to, in black projects now, has access to technology for cloaking, at least on some level, because they were working on cloaking in the 40s and the 30s. And then there were, uh, like very publicly on TV, scientists <laughs> at different uh, research universities in the early 2000s and the late 90s using yeah. like you know a harry potter type you know invisibility cloak making material that was that light reflective that yeah. it, you could just bend the light around you so it's very conceivable that it's it's already available yeah. or it's at least close enough that it could be you know deployable yeah, we gotta by think then. what technology we're gonna have by say 2030 because even you know like 2010 we didn't even have ipads I think it's you know? I think the next the next five years the next five years is truly going to determine what twenty thirty will look like because if the current mm -hmm. shortage of silicon uh, just central processing units, graphics processing units, and then also with the drought that's happening in Taiwan where most of the CPU manufacturing in the world is done and they're barely able to manufacture between COVID and lack of water. They're having to ration water for drinking water instead of for manufacturing. If this shortage continues for another five years, which is entirely plausible given how bad it is, it's going to be at least another year and a half if things start correcting now that we could get back to a sustainable market. It's going to vastly change because they're really, when you really think about it technology wise, there hasn't been a whole lot of new technology created since the 1970s everything has been most everything has been a refinement continued refinement of existing technology mm. into perfection once quant if quantum computing can be figured out how to be done practically like how like how microprocessor computing was figured out how to do practically in small in the 70s and the 80s then I think at that point, that's when society expands and blows up in terms of technology. And until then, we're going to hit a wall where, you know, look at like cell phones for the past, you know, five, six years. Everything has been like incremental or marginal sideways upgrades. And really what's gotten better has camera and imaging technology. Central processing units have not gotten that much faster They've just They're, refined and gotten better at cooling and having more RAM on one on one die. Yeah. Well, they have to get to silica, silica, silicone based, and they're working. On, Intel's working on that right now, and I'm actually trying to get a guest to talk about that. Um, I, I believe they are silicone based right now. No, but like um, they're trying to get away from silicone based chips. You mean? No. No, hold on. I need to. I need to Google this. Well, I was going to say, because the, the issue with quantum computing is that it's not practical because in order, to, in order to do it, you have to cool the processing units to, like, almost absolute zero or something ridiculous that you need things like nitroglycerin to do it or liquid nitrogen, not nitroglycerin, liquid nitrogen, because it's the, the thermal capacity of these chips is ridiculous. Oh shit, dude! I might have this complete. I'm gonna have to talk to her again. Um, I was gonna say because because chips are made from silicone. That's why there is such a, a shortage. Is because there's a mining shortage of silicone to make chips, mm. as well as manufact lack of manufacturing capacity. It's so crazy. Which is just absolutely like speaking from experience as a creative professional has absolutely fucked my workflow because I'm working on a five-year-old graphics card that between the Bitcoin mining boom and then the GPU shortage now because of silicone, like the graphics card that I need to go to bare minimum in order to keep my workflow and keep advancing in technology and keep up with everything should cost between six and $800. But now because of the shortage and the MSRP, uh, it, they're going for bare minimum 1600 to 2000 and that's if you're lucky to win a lottery or beat scalper bots to buy one. Yeah. Otherwise, you're paying same, two, three grand. Same for gaming. I guess mine's yeah. a little less. It's know, the same kind of same kind of hardware but, though that you're using. Yeah, because I was gonna get a badass gaming PC this year for my birthday, and then it's just too expensive in the parts, and so I just, I I, I just gave up. <clears throat> 
Um, <laughs> is it true that uh, is is Samsung skipping the phone this year or is Apple? I heard I heard some rumors that like there's such a shortage that the phone companies are aren't even going to come out with new phones this year. I don't know. See if you can find yeah, that. I tomorrow. haven't heard I that. Haven't I'll heard, look it up. But that seems very plausible. You heard it maybe, first. Maybe it was the big one. It might have been like a smaller company or something. I don't know. Maybe or maybe it's all bullshit. Who knows? But as a, that would be crazy if Apple doesn't come out with a new phone because there were such shortages or something. That would be that would be a real telling of like what's going on. A trillion dollar company doesn't put new phones out would be insane. It's the beginning of the end. Well, well, what we got to wrap this up because we've gone way long. But uh, while yeah. we've gone long, oh, yeah. you got me going. Here, uh, here is yeah, March twenty third. Samsung warns chip shortage now impacting mobile phone and computer business. So yeah, I mean it, it's very plausible that they might have to cut production in order to like start rationing chips for like infrastructure products and not for consumer mm-hmm. electronics. Holy shit, man! You heard it definitely, first here. Definitely not a bummer cast, but this was kind of a bummer cast. It was not a bummer. I cast. love this. I love no, this. It, it was. Listen, folks. I'm telling you, this was an informational, spiritual journey. We had high highs and we had some lows, and now we're back to high. I appreciate you, folks, for listening. Andrew, thanks for coming on the show. Demarco, always clutch. I appreciate your your insight. I'm be, I'm gonna be gone on vacation, not worrying about any of this stuff. Neither should you. Get outside. Get some sunshine. Live life while you still can because a war is fucking coming. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I love you. Peace.